0: Hey, it's Derek Johnson from Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. And despite sitting around in a studio all day, I feel loose and limber thanks to Massage Envy and their total body stretch service. If you have aches from a day at the office, working out, maybe a round of golf, Massage Envy can help. All you need to do is relax and breathe deep during the stretches, and they'll take it from there. It's great for your body and your mind. And they also have rapid tension services and advanced skin care. Massage Envy on 6th Street in Lawrence and 119th in Black Bob in Aletha today okay and i'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now that you don't got time all right let's go break it break it
1: cross ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
0: Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. I'm Derek Johnson flying solo today, and uh, we have a very short show of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We have about 40 minutes because of uh, what time the KU game was. So we're just going to get right into it. We will do a brief KU Cincinnati pregame because we will not have a show on Thursday and Friday. We will also uh, get into this KU Maui Invitational Recap. Right now, Purdue is playing Marquette, and it's a little alarming because Purdue is beating Marquette 53-41 to to where it's like, wait, if Marquette beat Kansas by 14, what would Purdue do to Kansas? But uh, I think what we saw last night, Marquette was a bad stylistic matchup for Kansas. And then on top of that, Kansas played a bad game. Like that was objectively a bad game for Kansas and Marquette played a good game. And with the combination of both of those and still trying to figure out your team early, that's why you lost by 14 points. Um, Purdue in this game, even though they're now up 14 on Marquette, they are nine of 12 from three point range. So like, I would say this, if Kansas would have been nine of 12 from three point range last night, I think they would have done better than they ended up doing. I don't know if they'd be up, you know, 14 like Purdue is right now, but certainly they would have done better. So um, we are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery on this edition, as always, of Rock Shock Sports Talk. Uh, So I guess let's go back to last night, KU Marquette game. Like I said, bad matchup, really good opponent. KU, an inexperienced team playing together, still trying to figure out the fifth starter, still trying to figure out the bench, uh, playing against a team who brought back everyone but like one guy. And early in the season, sometimes that's going to happen. You had sloppy play. Uh, You end up with a 14-point loss. Uh, You're, I don't know, a lot of weird things that happened in the game, and um, basically everybody kind of struggled except Kevin McCuller, and even Kevin had like six turnovers in the game. So um, not KU's best performance, but let's not forget last year in the battle for Atlantis, they lost by double-digit points to Tennessee. I think it was 64-50 to in the battle for Atlantis championship last year. Ended up being okay. Ended up being a one seed. Well, they lost by 14 in this one, too, in the semifinal, but this time, you get a nice cleanser to finish out the tournament because unlike last year in the battle for Atlantis, you lose your final game of the tournament by 14, and then you have to wait a week to you get back into it. You have to sit on the loss for a little bit. This year, you get the Tennessee game after the Marquette loss, and you come out with what was a pretty impressive win today, 69-60, to 60, the final score. It was a dominant game for the defense. You held Tennessee to like 31% from the floor. Um yeah, they, they hit some threes early. Viscovy was getting it going from three, but outside of that, you know, they didn't have a ton of of uh, production from the outside, and you made them have to be kind of a one-dimensional offense in the game. Uh, you continue to have a, a really dominant team so far in two-point shooting, both in two-point offense and in two-point defense, and that was pretty apparent uh, against Tennessee. I mean, you shot really well on twos, and, and you limited them to around 34% on two-point shots. Right now, through six games, Kansas is shooting 60%, 59.9 to be exact, on two-point shots. That is top 20 in the country. Their opponents are only shooting 40.8%, so about 41% on two-point shots. So that is an 18% difference, basically, 19% in terms of KU's two-point shooting versus what the opposition is shooting. That is very impressive stuff from what Kansas has been able to put together inside the arc, which gives you a, a... situation where as long as you can be decent at three-point shooting, as long as you can be a good rebounding team, as long as you can be a good defensive team, that two-point dominance is going to carry you a long ways with some of the other things you can do well. Now, that was a little bit of the negative of what we saw in the last two games with Tennessee and Marquette is that you did struggle a little bit in some of those other areas that you need to do well at if you're not going to be a great three-point shooting team because you have the two-point shooting. Right now, Kansas is 237th in the country in turnover rate offensively. They're 312th in the country in turnover rate defensively. They're turning it over way too much. They're not forcing turnovers the other way. They're also 271st in offensive rebounding rate. That shouldn't happen when you're playing basically two center types with K.J. Adams and Hunter Dickinson, and you have Kevin McCuller out there too, right? You need to be better at those things. They also need to get better at free throw shooting. They've struggled the last couple games, and over the three games in Maui, they shot just 55% on free throws. So there are certain things that you come away from in Maui and saying, yeah, they need to get better, but there were some encouraging things. You finish out with a win over Tennessee, who's now ranked 11th on Ken Palm. Uh, I'm sure they'll be out of the top 10 in the AP poll after this week, but basically a top 10, top 15-ish type win. Um, So you've got a couple nice resume wins so far, and – Um, they're in a situation where, you know, now you're going to get Eastern Illinois upcoming this week, and then you get UConn at home. If you can beat UConn on Friday, then all of a sudden you feel like, okay, you're back to to being in mojo with being one of the elite teams. And then from there, yeah, there are a couple like decent teams coming in, Missouri, Indiana's on the road. So that'll be a tough one. Like Yale is a good team, but you're going to be expected to win all your remaining games after UConn until you get into big 12 play. So it's a real opportunity for KU to kind of hit their foot on the gas from here. Uh, but how about Hunter Dickinson today? 20 rebounds, 17 points. Kevin was really good in the last two games, really able to fill it up, scoring 38 total points over the last two games. I thought DeWan Harris struggled a bit in the uh, semifinal game thought he bounced back well in this game stats don't jump off the page but I thought he was in much better control of the game KJ had a really good game against Tennessee but maybe the the biggest positive coming away from this last game because you didn't see it in the Marquette game you didn't see it in the Kentucky game you didn't even see it in the Chaminade game was the lack of bench production from KU and it's not just the bench it's KU trying to figure out who's going to be the fifth guy on the court that's going to serve them the best and who are going to be the first two or three guys off the bench for them in rotation. Now, obviously, we know Parker Brown kind of has the backup center spot locked in. I thought he was you know, good in, in what you were asking him to do in this game. And you hadn't been getting that bench production in the last couple of games. Well, you got it this game. And it's not even that every single bench player has to play well each and every game. You're basically just from number five through number eight in the rotation, maybe number five through number nine in the rotation, which in some order consists of El Marco Jackson, Johnny Furphy, Jamari McDowell, Nick Timberlake, and Parker Brown. You're asking for at least two of those guys to play well in a given game. Doesn't mean they have to go off. Just play well, do your role in a specific game. If you get three of them, even better. If you get all five of them or four of them, great. But you just need at least two of those guys, preferably three, to at least play well and one or two of them to play very well. And you got that against Tennessee. Um, and Marco Jackson didn't have a great game. He at least had some flashes. There was that nice pass to, to Hunter Dickinson kind of in there. Uh, Nick Timberlake had the nice reverse layup, but then he gets injured. So at least there were flashes from those two guys. Furphy had some good moments. He hits the three. He scores five points, but it was Jamari McDowell who was the big one. Jamari McDowell played 27 minutes in this game. And maybe this means something. Maybe this means that Jamari McDowell is going to be your other guy moving forward or get a bigger leash moving forward. Certainly, it feels like he has started to gain some more trust from Bill Self. You saw him hit a couple threes. You saw him look confident, continue to shoot. Even though he finished two of six from three, he continued to be confident. He defended well, and that was probably the biggest positive takeaway. For KU. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Very short show, so I want to talk a little KU Cincinnati because this will be our last show of the week, so I want to get to that before KU's game on Saturday. Then we'll finish up with some KU football audio. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. We're going to have KU Women's Basketball Action coming at you on Friday, 4 o'clock, pregame 345. Then on uh, Saturday, we are going to have your KU football pregame starting at 5.00. Uh, once the KU women's game starts around 6, we will switch over from KU football pregame to the women's basketball game. And then we will air the women's game. Once the women's game ends, we'll head over back to football, which will probably be in the third quarter at that point. If you want to hear the entirety of the football game, you can listen to that over on our sister station, 105.9 KISS. So KU takes on Cincinnati on Saturday at 6.30. Again, pregame, 5 o'clock. Pregame on 105.9 KISS will start at 6 o'clock. Uh, Kansas comes in at 6.5 point favorites on uh, like DraftKings and, and some of the betting sites here. Now, I'm looking at uh, one stat projection that has it as a bigger score than that. My biggest question coming into this game is just the emotional side of things. On paper, Kansas is the better team. Um, Cincinnati struggles, stopping the run defensively. Kansas should be able to run the football. Well, they're a good running team. Cincinnati, uh, doesn't give up a lot of pass completions, but when they do, they give up big plays. Well, Kansas is a big play passing offense when they get some of the, you know, play action plays and some of the hits downfield. So those play into what KU does well offensively on the other side of the football. Cincinnati is a pretty good running team. Um, the, the quarterback is dynamic and a dual threat, so that could give KU some troubles, uh, but also they're they're mostly reliant in the passing game on two guys. One's in the slot, one's an outside receiver. And KU has two good outside corners. So like theoretically, it's actually a matchup that is okay for KU. And on paper, you're the better team. You're the seven and four team. They're the three and eight team. It's the emotional side of things. It's the things you can't really describe that could make this one tough. So Cincinnati is playing on Senior Day. Cincinnati has also been a much better team so far this season in their home games. Again, just 3-8 and eight on the season. Uh, but you look at their home games, versus Eastern Kentucky, they won that one by 53, FCS game. Uh, did lose to a MAC team in Miami of Ohio, but they're like 8-3 and three this year. Uh, they only lost to Oklahoma by 14 points, 20-6. to six. They lost by 20 to Iowa State, but competitive there. They only lost by 3 at home to Baylor, and they only lost by 2 at home to UCF. So like, They've been much more competitive at home than they have been on the road, and that's what you get here. Plus, with senior day uh, or senior night, I guess, you're going to get uh, added you know, to the crowd. And with Kansas, there is the challenge of playing a game where you're coming off a really tough loss to Kansas State. You put so many eggs into the basket of winning that game and ending the losing streak and playing that game on senior day. You left it all out on the field that it's really tough the very next Saturday to bring up that same level of energy. So that'll be my big question for KU. Can you bring up the energy? They were able to uh, bounce back off of the OU win earlier this year and bring back up the energy at Iowa State the next Saturday. That's a good sign. If they can do that, I think they can win this one and I think they can win win it by multiple possessions. But it's that question to me, are you going to have a down game on the road, which happens all the time in college football, right? Or are you going to have some turnovers that kill you in this game, right? Are you going to play a not clean game? Because that has been the theme in a lot of KU's losses, right? You played a not clean game against Kansas state with special teams, mistakes, and with three total turnovers, you played a not clean game against Texas tech in the red zone with some of the issues you had there. You played a not clean game against Oklahoma state in that loss, but having a couple turnovers and losing the lead late. So, you need to be able to play a clean-ish game, right? If if you're even in turnovers in this game, you feel great. If you're maybe even minus one, you can still win the game. I don't know if you feel great, but you can win the game. So just play as close to a clean game as possible. Have the energy level up, and you should be able to win this football game. But I, I do think Kansas should be able to run the football really well. Devin Neal's been excellent. Daniel highshaw has been excellent. Cincinnati has struggled in run defense. They're 13th in the Big 12 in yards allowed per carry. And because of that, that should open up the passing game. I'm kind of under the expectation Jason Bean's going to be the starter. Then again, we don't actually know. Um, We'll see. If KU can keep Cole Ballard off the bench, you could even redshirt him um, after this season, and that'd be kind of nice. But uh, it'd be cool to see Jason Bean get back into action and uh, kind of finish out the regular season. So we'll see who the quarterback ends up being. But regardless if it is Bean, Ballard, or I guess Jalen Daniels in the the very off chance that, that that would kind of happen, regardless of who the quarterback is, Kansas should win this game, and if they take care of business, they will win this game. It's just, again, it's hard to predict a bunch of 18- to 23-year-olds every Saturday. Will you take care of business? Will you have your energy level up? Will you do some of the emotional stuff? Because it's hard to do week in and week out. It's even hard for NFL professional teams. It's even harder for uh, college kids. Um, if Cincinnati is to win this game, it probably would be because Emory Jones, their quarterback, uh, had a really good game scrambling And Cincinnati has been a good run-blocking team and running team, so they probably ran the ball well. But they haven't been a great pass-blocking team. They've been one of the worst teams in the Big 12 at getting sacked. If they're going to win this game, it's probably Emory Jones had a big game scrambling, had a big game running. We've seen KU struggle with dual-threat quarterbacks, and he avoided some of those sacks that KU should be able to have kind of an advantage of with Austin Booker and Jeremy Robinson on the outside. And in addition to that, you probably had some turnovers from the offensive side of the football. Now, as far as our KU football game picks, um, I did get some from Nick, who's uh, on his way down home to Wichita right now to uh, spend time with his family for the Thanksgiving break. Uh, so Nick is 12-11 and 11 on KU football picks so far this season. I have gone 10-13 uh, and 13 on KU football picks. The official line is KU minus 6.5. Nick is going to go with Kansas. I am going to go with Kansas because I, I think, again, like, if I'm betting Cincinnati, it's on the bet that KU – isn't there mentally and I think that is a real possibility that could happen but I'm not going to bet on that I'm just going to bet on what I know that I think Kansas is the better football team so I will take the minus six and a half but I wouldn't actually be betting it because I don't know the uh how you're going to kind of show up to the game uh but we're both taking Kansas minus six and a half we're both taking the under at uh over under 58 points I don't see any player props up yet but I will say if I was taking them um uh, Devin Neal to score two-plus touchdowns, that would be interesting. Daniel Hyshaw to score a touchdown would be interesting. And then uh, the over on Lawrence Arnold or Quentin Skinner receiving yards, I think would be interesting because they can hit some big plays for you down the field, especially if Jason Bean's back and he's had a nice connection with uh, both guys. All right, we're going to take a timeout here. We've got some KU football audio to finish from some of the players earlier this week. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Very short show today. Uh, Before we let you go, though, we talked a little KU Cincinnati. We broke down the Maui invitation a little more. We'll, We'll talk more about some of this stuff upcoming. On Monday's show, But we got a chance to hear from some of the KU football players, and uh, we won't have a show Thursday or Friday, so I wanted to uh, get some of these interviews in. First of which was on the offensive side of the football, Dominic Pooney after celebrating Senior Day. He was the center on the tush-push play, got injured at one point, came back in, he played some left tackle, he, uh, just unbelievable offensive lineman for KU. Here's what he had to say with the media earlier this week.
2: Sir there extra motivation when, you know, the guy across, maybe not necessarily from you, but when there's a guy on the D-line like that
1: that's made such an impact. Uh, yeah I mean obviously we try to treat everybody the same but um you got to know when there's someone that can really cause problems on the D line uh, we know that he's very good so um yeah we're just gonna, we just gotta be sharp like I said um, can't play any different just off of who we're playing against but we just gotta play hard. Have had
0: night road games before? What you guys do all day?
1: Uh so we wake up eat breakfast um, walk through meeting then they kind of give us some time off. Um, Kind of if you want to just catch up on some sleep, take a nap or um, kind of just get away because you don't want to, <clears throat> like on a night game, you don't want to just think about the game the whole day right, you just wear yourself out. So um, kind of get away. And I think around like, what is it, 6.30, 7.30 Eastern time? I don't know. It's um, so like 2, we'll start to kind of ramp up 2 o'clock. Uh, What's your preference in that downtime? What are you usually doing? Me? Yeah. I try to get a nap in for sure. Yeah
2: lined up at center for the uh, quarterback sneak. Just, uh, you know, what does that say about your versatility and, you know, how long has that been
1: installed? Uh, I think not too long. Um, I don't know how much it speaks to versatility because it's only one play and it's on the center. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's cool to, that they have the belief in me to kind of get down there and just kind of push a pile if we need to. Obviously, I think it's more on the guards, too, like, um, to get that push. But um, to be, like, the center of it... it, it it gets pretty bad at the bottom of that pile though. You can't breathe or nothing. Is, but, is there um, any technique involved in that, or is it just snapping and just, you just gotta, fall forward? You gotta get, you gotta get lower. I, I was um, the whole week I was watching the Eagles do it, watching Jason Kelsey. I was just trying to like replicate. I was like, how does he do it? Um, I think I picked up on something, but uh, I don't want to like expose anything. But uh, <laughs> I think you just gotta get lower than the, uh, the nose guard and kind of just drive your feet as much as you can. I mean, you only need a yard, so just gotta fight for it. Coach K has talked
3: about your offense staying multiple despite who's at quarterback. Just how have you seen your playbook stay the same throughout the
1: year? Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's been the same throughout the whole year. Uh, we haven't changed it based on the quarterback because I think <clears throat> J.D., Bean, and Cole, they all can pretty much do the same. Uh, they just have different specialties. So, like, um, But, I mean, it hasn't changed much. Uh, our belief, or Coach K's belief in Cole is just as much. As J D. like he, he we think he can get it done, and um obviously Bean, we know he can get it done too, so um yeah it hasn't changed too much.
3: What have you seen from Cole to kind of separate him maybe from Jalen or
1: Jason? Uh I don't know maybe just his age like he's so young and he's like he's, he's going out there like super composed. Um that would be the biggest thing I think. Um, great decision maker. Uh I can't really tell you what he does different than yeah. Bean. Or, I don't. Um but I know he comes in and does a great job. Thank you. Thank you. After a game like the K-State game, afterwards, how quickly is it that you guys kind of move on as a team? Is there any discussion about it, or is it just on to the next game? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a discussion about it. But, um, I mean, no matter who it is, K-State, it could be anybody. Um, we try to turn the page the next day because um, you have to. I mean, in this, in, this, in this conference, every week's a big week. Can't take anybody lightly. So, um, I mean, yeah, obviously it sucks. But, um, I mean, we're already on to Cincinnati,
0: so got to get a win. That was Dominic Pooney speaking with the media. Also got to hear from a couple of the defenders, including with Mellow Dots. And here's what KU's starting corner, who has been on an interception streak, had to say earlier this week in meeting with members of the media. What
3: have you done differently in practice to continue to elevate yourself? No, uh, I just say I, I got to give props to Coach Peterson. Like, he had stepped in that Duke game my first year playing. He stepped in that week, and I just noticed like a big change that from that week. Like And I just, since he got, like, his job changed from that year, I would say, like, he's just been doing an amazing job. What's it feel like to score a pick six? Um, like, ever since I was young, I played on the offensive side of the ball, like, from little league to high school. So that's a feeling like I ain't feeling in a long time. So it, 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 it was a great
0: feeling, scoring a touchdown. Yeah. And for you against K-State, coming with that big interception as well, you think about it like as game-changing moments in that time frame? Or how do you kind of think of those big plays?
3: Uh, K-State game, I had I had got like deemed up the second drive of the game. So like my main focus wasn't even on the interception. Like I was a little bit, like I was still like hurting a little bit. So I'm like, I didn't even celebrate after it. But it definitely was a big time play in the big time moment. How much is having a guy like Kobe Bryant just across the field from you in the secondary? How much does that help you? Nobody's not gonna throw at him for real. So it will help. If it's not me, it could be Quentin or it could be Gerv. Like it's gonna help the other side of the ball a lot a lot. Thank you.
0: Number seven tattoo on your hand, is that what does that stand for? What is that indicative of? Uh, my brother
3: on um, when NIL first started, his brand was three sevens and the three st- it's three seven sideways make an m when you put them together and the seven in the bible stand for completeness so i got instead of just three of them i just got one of them that's awesome dude you have a favorite tattoo uh <laughs> no nah, not really
0: uh favorite thanksgiving meal upcoming
3: uh I, just, I like macaroni i could eat a plate of macaroni whole plate yeah nothing else
0: Do you have a favorite, like, pie or anything, dessert-wise? Yeah, sweet potato pie. Okay, sweet potato, that's a good pick. Uh, You're going to Cincinnati on Saturday. Do you know what Skyline Chili is? i never heard of it. Okay, it's like spaghetti with chili and a mountain of shredded cheese. Would you try it?
3: Yeah, I'd try it because if it's a mountain of shredded cheese, I love shredded cheese. So I try. that would be something I'd try.
0: And rounding things out from our KU Football Conversations, had a chance to hear from Marvin Grant. Here's that conversation with media members. Has it been hard at all going from last week and and how that thing ended on Saturday to try to turn back around for this week? Uh, I
2: mean, I'd say it's it more so been harder. Mentally, if anything, uh, physically. I mean, you know, win or lose only lasts 24 hours in the zone to the next opponent. So, I mean, we just focus on the next opponent and uh, getting this win and putting ourselves in a good position for the bowl again.
0: I think uh, opportunity, I think Kansas has only had a nine-win team five or six times in program history. Is that at all been talked about or, or any sort of motivation for, I guess, the rest of the season for you guys? Uh,
2: yeah, that's definitely, I mean, we wanted to finish out strong regardless. so I mean, uh, it would be great to get the nine wins, but, I mean, originally we planned on getting more, but uh, it would definitely be great for the program and great for this team. There uh, all the players here and all the players leaving now. It's just a great note to stand, leave off on. Marvin, what do you see from Cincinnati on film? Uh, I would say uh, they're a good team. They got good players, uh, for sure. I mean, uh, a lot of people get look at the record and don't put everything to perspective of why they, team is, why they have the record they have. But they actually got good players. I mean, uh, they got some guys that I feel like they can move real good in space and everything. So I feel like uh, it'll be a good game, definitely their quarterback moves around. He's pretty yeah, pretty yeah, mobile, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's real. One of the main guys that we're uh, looking into. I mean, we're we we looking at everybody, but we know like the quarterback is very mobile and can't give him too much space because he definitely can get out and be a little elusive.
0: Yeah. You're obviously a hard hitter. Uh, if you had to pick the top three hardest hitters
2: on the team, who would you go with? Top three hardest hitters? i will say uh, not including clue to myself. You can pick yourself. All right. Well, me... Uh, Jb Brown, and I say uh, between, I say between Kenny and uh, Book. Oscar Booker.
0: Is the Kobe hit against BYU? Is that the hit of the year still? Definitely, yeah, definitely. What else would go up there? Is there any other hits that that should be in the discussion? Jb hit the fumble against OU.
2: Uh, against OU. Yeah. So yeah, I said those two, one of the two biggest hits of the whole year. Do you have a favorite hit from this year? uh for me yeah uh, uh not really for real not really this year and this year I didn't I I, ain't, I wasn't it's more as like aggressively like it was more so just focusing on having good body position and making the tackle you know uh just keeping my body fresh and taking some some stuff off my body not making unnecessary contact
0: it's Thanksgiving week do you have a favorite dish to, to have at Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward, I really don't eat pork, but ham is the only thing I eat, like, as far as pork, so I'm looking forward to some good ham. Do you do side dishes or pies or anything? Uh, yeah, macaroni and cheese, um... Say dressing too. Yeah, it depends on who makes it though. At the same okay. time, yeah, yeah, I like the dressing.
0: And uh, is there anybody on the team who cooks or, or does I don't know good Thanksgiving meal or anything? Is helping everybody out?
2: Well, we got a few guys that cook for real, but I don't think nobody is like really having to having a uh, like cooking for everybody. I mean, it's more so like coaches and everything, or if you your family and stuff. But I mean, I cook personally, so I mean, yeah, that a lot of people don't know that. I don't want to talk. What's about the go-to that? dish? Uh,
0: Anything, really. Anything. So football career is done, you know, 15, 20 years from now. You play in the NFL, all that stuff. Uh, Would you want to do something with with cooking?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I want to start that, like, well, in the league, really. Actually, I want to start a little restaurant and everything, get that going sometime whenever I get a chance to.
0: That's awesome. And uh, last thing I got for you here, uh, you're at Cincinnati. Have you ever had Skyline Chili? Do you know what it is, or, or would you try it? Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not familiar with it. It's like the Cincinnati staple dish. It's like spaghetti with chili on it and just like a mountain of cheese, shredded cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i will probably try. I'd try. i try. I wouldn't eat it too much of it because I know that. that wouldn't do me right. So Yeah, but i tried try, though.
0: All right, that was Marvin Grant, Mello Dotson, and Dominic Pooney speaking to the media earlier this week. Thank you to them for uh, being interviewed, I guess, at KU Media Availability. That'll do it for today's episode of RCST. That's short because of the uh, Maui Invitational stuff going on, and that'll do it for this week's editions of RCST. We will not have a show on tomorrow for Thanksgiving. We will not have a show on Black Friday. We'll be back at you on Monday. Of course, you can listen to KU Women's Basketball Action on Friday night, that game at 4 o'clock, pregame at 45. Saturday we're going to be airing your KU football pregame against Cincinnati from about 5 to 6 o'clock and then KU women's basketball is going to take over at 6 o'clock and uh, the KU Women's Game will go here on KLWN. Once the KU Women's Game ends, we'll join back in to KU football coverage. Probably would be some point in the third quarter uh, by the time that comes over. If you do want to just listen to the KU football game, don't worry. You can do that over on our sister station on 105.9 KISS. But that'll do it for us this week, this weekend. Have a great rest of your Thanksgiving holiday week. I've been Derek Johnson. This is Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it.